All right, let's start this episode off with a little fun demo. Um, I was messing around with my Bang Oscillator from uh, Livestock Electronics and my Angle Grinder from Schlappy Engineering and um, and then my Telharmonic from Make Noise. And uh, I just wanted to build something kind of, I don't know, ambient and cool and try to do some melodic stuff with some, uh, I got the, the Hemispheres um, firmware upgrade for my ornament and crime. So I was just kind of messing with that. And yeah, so this, this, this little, this little ditty is just going to kind of highlight, uh, what you can do with, uh, the livestock bang and the angle grinder from Schlappy engineering. The, uh, the angle grinder will be kind of the high pitched, um, twinkly thing. And the, uh, the bang is holding down the low end and the, uh, the telharmonic is kind of like the the 80s synth kind of sound that you'll hear um yeah i hope you guys enjoy it Go to LivestockElectronics.com to learn more about the bang and go to SlappyEngineering.com to learn more about the angle grinder.
Pod Mod Bods. Welcome to another episode of Podular Modcast. Today's guest is Patrick O'Brien, aka POB. Um, he has an excellent YouTube channel where he uh, puts up a bunch of really awesome live performances, and we talk about a few of those in particular. And yeah, we just uh, we talk about his process and his backstory, and um, and we talk a bit about the Patch CV uh, film and vinyl that has just recently come out and during our talk i talk about how uh my copy is on the way well it has arrived and i've listened to it a number of times and it's uh it's a beautiful beautiful uh packaging the it's a nice blue vinyl and we've got tracks from todd barton um past guest shiro fujioka justin meland tyrista pob who's on the show tom hall um past guest red stripe down past guest and synth witch um it is on organic artists records um you can go to patchcv.com to uh, learn more about watching the film and the vinyl but i uh, i highly recommend you pick up the vinyl or the cassette tape um and if you're not into physical media there's definitely the Bandcamp version so uh, yeah i want to say thank you to all you patreon subscribers you guys have helped out a lot and uh getting a few new ones coming in here and there and uh yeah it's just really nice and if you would like to help out you can go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast so this will be the last episode of the year with a guest i think i think because um I release the shows on Monday, and uh, next Monday will be Christmas Eve, and the following will be New Year's Eve, so I'm not sure that a lot of people will be listening uh, the day of the release, but if you do, I'm planning on doing uh, some special episodes, I think, if I have time. Don't hold me to this, but um, uh, I want to have like a Christmas episode, and I'm having people send in Christmas tunes that they have made on their modular or their guitar. Um, I just... I'm not a big fan of Christmas music because a lot of it's kind of corny, but let's let's uh, let's make it not corny or make it super corny. I don't care. But if you can get me uh, your Christmas tune by I don't know midweek this week Wednesday, uh, I'll I'll get it in on the episode. So uh, podmodcast at gmail.com would be the best way to do that. Uh, a wave or an AIFF file would be would be really cool. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much else I want to talk about today. Uh, we went to the Modular on the or Modular on the Spot Seattle does a this concert series called Modular Nights, and we went to that last night. It's at the substation in the Ballard area of Seattle, and um, it's so cool to see how packed out that's getting. It's uh, it's a full house every time. The show's at 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., so it's it's a a weird time slot, but it's it's really working out. So. Uh, yeah, if you're in the Seattle area, keep a lookout because it's it's uh, once a month. So, yeah, thanks Bradley and Josh for getting that going, and thank you Substation for helping out our little community here. Um, this track that you hear uh, under my rambling right now is actually from our guest, Patrick O'Brien, uh, P.O.B., and uh, it's called Gamma Aridis, I believe is the pronunciation, but that is on his band camp. Um, so yeah, if you like what you hear, go check it out because he's released a number of new tracks in the last few weeks. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna stop rambling. Let's uh, let's talk to Patrick.
So you're in LA, which is, uh, it's kind of a, it's, I wouldn't say it's the, the mecca of uh, modular synth, but I think it's pretty dang close. You got quite a scene down there. Um, and you've, you said you've been there for seven years? Yeah, I've been here since uh, spring of 2012. Okay. And when I came in here, I wasn't even looking at modular. I mean, I came out here for jobs and, um, you know, I had, you know, I, I did some stuff in DC. I was trying to build a little studio and all that. And, um, you know, more of it was just in the box. It wasn't anything. I had a couple cents in that, but it didn't get to the explosion like it does now. Um, you know, I think that LA is, um, you know, having four pretty decent synth shops within a commute is uh, pretty fantastic in this market, I must say. <laughs> my uh, my work is only a couple miles from Analog Haven, which is a, a good and bad thing. I mean, I can avoid... I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I avoid traffic sometimes where I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go over there and hang out with those guys till traffic dies down. And then I end up buying something and, you know, who wins? We all do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what brought you to uh, LA? You said it was just jobs or... Just work. Uh, I was uh, I work for television. I've been doing that pretty much my whole adult life, and I did it in St. Louis. Um, I do a lot of social media and digital uh, website stuff, and um, okay. so I do that. Did that in St. Louis. I did that when I moved to D.C., and then I came out here, and I'm still in that same field. So yeah. Okay. Is it like a marketing side, or do you do you do mu music stuff, or? No, actually, the the job is completely. 180 really from what I do with modular. Um, you know, I, uh, I work for a news station and we pretty much anything you don't see on TV, we, I manage, you know, as far as uh, Facebook post, Twitter, breaking news, um, okay. you know, uh, mobile apps, you know, getting into all that. So, you know, when I get home, I don't, I don't, uh, try to get on the computer as much, which is why the modular seems to be such a great thing for me. It's kind of a way to get away and, and kind of de-stress a little bit and take me on journeys, yeah. which is really nice. So, so did you find modular in LA? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so what, what was it, what were you doing before that? I guess let's, let's, let's do the, uh, let's do the, the back, the backstory up till modular. Yeah, sure. Well, um, wow. How far back do we go? I mean, as far back as you want. Started as a kid when I was young. No. <laughs> Actually, there is a little story. I grew up on a farm outside of St. Louis. And when uh -huh. I was a kid, um, my dad found like one of those big 80s boom boxes in the barn. I guess uh -huh. a couple people were just hanging out there doing whatever they do. And I guess something startled them and they ran off and they left their boom box. And so, <laughs> so my dad's like, hey, I got this massive boom box. And it had, you know, it's the one with like dual cassette decks and uh -huh. stereo and massive speakers. It's the one you literally put on your shoulder and you walk around when you were 1981 <laughs> or 1982. And I'm like, oh, I'm salivating. And he's like, well, help, hang on. Let's make sure no one wants to claim it. You know, I want to give them some time. If nobody claims it, you can have it. And so I ended up getting it. And uh, so from there as a kid, you know, I record cats. I record my grandma. I record my mom. You know, and, and shoot, I had dual cassettes. So I was doing remixes and just having a lot of fun with that. So that was kind of uh, an interesting part of my, my childhood. And then my, I always, I always uh, thank my brother uh, who's older he uh, was a drummer, and uh, so he played uh, and played in bands and did a lot of stuff in St. Louis. And so uh, one day, he showed me the Korg MS-10, 
And mm-hmm. uh, he and so he goes, hey, let me show you this one thing. It was like the filter was one of the biggest knobs on it. I still have it, by the way. I He gave it to me a few years ago, and I'm like, this is the greatest gift ever. That is amazing. <laughs> and uh, he played like, uh, you know, he, he went in sync with the song from the 70s, uh, Edgar Winter Group, the Frankenstein. And it does that, <laughs> you know, thing in the, in, uh-huh. at the end. He goes, let me show you this. And so I sat down on the floor and he went with the filter. My eyes just blew out of my sockets. And I'm like, what is this thing? You know, and so that was the intro, um, you know, of, of just getting into music. And then I end up buying like an old Roland TR-505, like a really cheap drum machine. Uh-huh. Tried to be in a rap band in high school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wore the raccoon hat and everything. Um, oh, nice! Oh, geez, it was. Yeah, we were called Channel X, and I was the drummer. I was, I was always. <laughs> and the other guys were doing this hard, you know, core like lyrics. And I'm like rocking a 505. Um, but no, really, uh, I grew up like professional i grew up uh, classically trained in piano and trumpet through middle school high school and i always thought i was going to end up being like a jingle writer uh-huh. and so you know i went in band and did all the geeky things and went to uh college for audio engineering and i got to learn pro tools and stuff and i made my way into radio actually doing a morning show mostly because i knew pro tools at the time pro tools was really this was like mid 90s and very few people had their hands on it and here i was able to do this so i was showing all these old-time djs how to digitally edit it was crazy because they had been used to doing the splicing the tapes and they had no idea that you could delete something on a computer and it's non-destructive you know it was really interesting showing these legends you know how to do digital audio but that was my way to get into into media and uh, doing morning shows and eventually i went to an audio engineering uh I was an audio engineer at a recording studio in St. Louis, and then from there went into television and kind of got into the website stuff and got away from uh, from music for a while. Um, yeah, and so uh, it kind of kind of stayed that way for a little bit. Um, kind of got divorced. I lost a ton of weight. I wanted to find uh-huh. a new me, so I started DJing uh-huh. in St. Louis, and I was starting to do all these like '90s uh, clubs and that, which was really really interesting i mean i learned a lot from djing just like how to move an audience and just how to you know how to how to hit those banger tracks without uh without doing things too crazy and so uh yeah so i did that but then i I was still just kind of tinkering with it and uh it wasn't really i mean i went and moved to dc and i for for work there and i was trying to build a studio in the attic of the house which was a poor example of a studio but it wasn't until i (laughs) came out to l.a and tried to build even more, especially when I moved to Hollywood, which was the first city I, I lived in, right at Hollywood and Vine. So I mean, I was right in tourist town, yeah. and there were musicians. Like you just walk down the halls, and you would hear guitars and pianos and people singing. It was really a lot of um, creativity, just day in and day out. And mm-hmm. um, but really, <laughs> I guess what it was because my wife and I laugh about this quite a bit. Um, we uh, we kind of got a bit tipsy and went to Carney's, which is on the Sunset Strip. They have hot dogs and stuff. Uh-huh. And we were just so f- giddy with each other that I went out and I bought a Moog Sub Fatty <laughs> right afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, man, I love this analog sound. This is so cool. This was right around 2013 or so. And uh, I just really liked that sound. And, I, and um, 
so really what started the modular was when my wife, that both of us moved out to LA at the same time, she picked up a job because she's a anchor reporter for TV. And so she mm-hmm. went to Tampa in, it was like August of 2014. And so we were going to be long distance and we still are actually, we're kind of bi-coastal. She's in DC now. And, but at the time she was moving to, to Tampa to do a morning position for, uh, for their morning show to be uh, like an anchor there. And so um, I'm like, well, if I'm going to have all this time without my wife and she's going to be down there for at least a couple of years, I got to find something to do with my time, right? (laughs) So So I had kind of heard about Modular Synth. I mean, I liked Cell Dweller quite a bit. I liked his music and I was kind of rabbit holing down his YouTube channel and um, he was showing his studio. I'm like, what is this? What's these Modular Synth, like what are these things? He was building these nice racks and it was incredible. And then I saw a demo for the Harvestman uh, Piston Honda 2. Or no, it was the um, Hertz Donut, the second version mm-hmm. of Hertz Donut. And I'm like, that, okay, that's it. I saw that. My jaw just completely dropped. I'm like, that's it. So when I dropped my wife off at the airport to send her to, to, to go to Tampa, I drove straight to Big City Music here in Studio City and I stepped in there and said, okay, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I don't know how to start it. Just help me out. And it took like half an hour to get a tone coming out of their demo unit. And I was so happy to finally get a tone. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, <laughs> but that started the whole thing. And then after a couple of weeks, um, you know, people always want to know what your, you know, your drop, your, your first drop cost was, I think I dropped a little over two grand. And okay. um, I picked up like a Pittsburgh modular oscillator, a Pittsburgh LFO two, the Mutable Ripples, the 4MS Matrix VCA, which was massive for what yeah, I was wanting to do. Yeah, that's a big step. <laughs> and, uh, and I got us the Pittsburgh out, and the Kilpatrick had a K4815 sequencer. I'm like, I want to have something fun there. Not, so I just don't build the pieces from scratch, but I want to have a little fun with the sequencer. And then I end up getting a 6U case, which I then, two weeks later, said, eh, no, nope, I need a 12U. This is not going to... This is not going to take a year to build up, and so um, so they they was I was able to swap out a six U for the twelve U, and ever since then it's just been putting stuff on Instagram and um, you know just doing those fifteen second clips back in the day and uh, just just getting some feedback because it was just such a new thing for me. But I had so much time on my hands with my wife being on the East Coast that I really kind of escalated my skill set because I was pretty much doing this every night. And that's really where I was able to kind of fine tune the types of modules I wanted, giving it the time to just sit there and just try to understand uh, everything that a module can do, learn from the community, grow from the community. And I mean, everybody talks about Instagram, but really it was a, a huge point in trying to, to get the community going. And I don't know where we would be if we didn't have it. And um, yeah. And so, yeah, from there it just kind of build up i heard about modular on the spot you know and uh and skylar king at analog haven he called me one time when i was about four or five months into it he goes hey dude you want to play at the analog haven we're just doing a little thing this weekend like what playing this i wasn't gonna play it you know i mean (laughs) i was just gonna use it for sound design you know that's i was gonna put it in the box with like native instrument stuff and just try to be just use it for that. And then all of a sudden I had a week to figure out something and I brought like everything to do this patch. And uh, I was so nervous about it, but you know, I, uh, 
I'm so glad I did. And I've, and so um, what I learned from that first time playing is that I always do a YouTube video of my performances. And so it's just a way to kind of preserve that moment. And I'm so glad I did because my YouTube page has like, I don't know, just a couple dozen really good, you know, 20, 30 minute performances. And it really does show a certain, it shows the growth and it shows where I was in certain parts of my life. And it's neat just to kind of go back and rewatch those and, uh, and just see how people respond to them. Even something that's two, three years ago, um, I, I just enjoy having that. So that's really yeah. from that, that's how the performance part of me really grew was just getting that call and saying, look, if I don't do this, I may not be asked again. So just feel uncomfortable and go for it and just see what happens. What have you got to lose? It's just a little yeah. get together, you know. Uh, you bring up a really good point there and something that I, I just I don't want to interrupt you, but I want to put a pin in this. So I, I just to to get out there to the people listening who who are maybe nervous about getting out there and trying out a set maybe they haven't played yet but um like you just said you just it's it's going to be nerve-wracking it's going to be weird but you just have to, you have to do it you'll be so glad you did even if it's a disaster you'll be glad you get, you did because you can get so much i feel like sometimes i get more inspiration and and more uh, incentive to get better if i have something that i'm not so happy with as far as live goes mm-hmm yeah, and I've learned so much just through the first, like, nine or ten performances. There's always something different that happens on every show. Um, <laughs> you know, the, uh, I remember the one time, I think it was the second time I played, and, uh, and I was right in the middle of it, and I ended up pulling out the clock that was right in the middle of the case, and I, you know, I was oh, kind geez. of pulling my hand out too fast, because sometimes I just do that. It's just my style. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden, the, the, the case just went, wah. And all my friends were like, I looked up, and my face got really red. And like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of work around this a little bit, because I had no idea what happened. And so mm -hmm. I just started doing some massaging of some other modules and tweaking. And then I'm looking around going, what, what, what just happened? And I found it. And then I kicked it right back in and just finished the song off. And one of my friends, uh, Shiro, uh, you know, Voltage Controller, he was, uh -huh. he was yeah, there at the he's time. Been on the show. Yeah, yeah. And so afterwards, I'm like, man, I can't believe I pulled the clock out in the middle of my set. He goes, oh, you did? He said, <laughs> I thought you just pulled it out like, that's it, man. This is going to be a badass improvisation. And just you just slammed it back in. I just thought it was part of the, of the show. I'm like, yeah, that's what it was. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. I, I mentioned this on, uh, on last week's show. Um, another thing that I want to tell people who are maybe nervous about playing is the one of the good things about modular is, is most of the time the, the audience doesn't know if you screw up, the audience is probably going to think it's an intent thing because all the, the music we make with, with modular goes from, you know, kind of noise to, you know, drone to, you know, it covers such a, a wide range of like sub genres of electronic music that, you know, I don't know. It, it's almost like you could just go up there and turn on an oscillator and like play with the frequency. I mean, people would be bored, but people would still think you were like meant to do it or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, and I think that's something that people may be able to hide behind. I'm mostly putting myself in the crosshairs for that, but I, I try to keep that in mind as something to, it's kind of like a middle, middle path kind of thing is don't rest on that, but also keep that in mind when you're like super freaked out about playing. I don't know. 
Yeah, because most people don't know. They, they don't know your tracks like you do. And, and, uh, and, and I learned a lot from that. You know, I, I patch differently now. Like, I remember one time I, I performed, maybe my third or fourth time, and I'd fire it up, and it's like, oh, man, i got to tune all these things because I'm more of a melodic guy. And so uh -huh. I would spend 20 minutes just trying to tune my system up and, and you know, and of course you're, you're putting your gear down because the last person just finished and you're plugging it in and, and you, it just, you, you start to feel the anxiety if you don't have everything ready in just a few minutes. And so I started patching differently so that I don't have to spend time tuning. I can just fire it up and within, you know, 30 seconds I'm ready to go. So from those live moments, I learned a whole lot learned to not to pull the clock out <laughs> i've learned to you know fire it up and be ready within a, a matter of a minute and um you know and and actually i because i don't want to pull things out in the future i do a lot of the velcro straps around the the cables and that so i can get in there and really i do the same thing yeah just i got big hands you know yeah darn it <laughs> <laughs> well that yeah that's interesting i I uh I just broke a like my one year anniversary of playing out live with modular and my last modular set I think was the first one that I've played which was recently so right up, right at about exactly a year um same venue actually too which is kind of weird um uh, it was my first my first set where I I uh I turned everything on when I got there and it sounded the way it did at home and the set went the way I wanted it to in the way it did in practice. So <laughs> it takes some time. <laughs> well, and I've done that too, where I, I think my first six or seven performances, I could, I could, you know, tour it. I could pick it up and move it somewhere and, and do the exact same patch over and over. And I was, maybe it's the classically trained musician that I, that I always have been that makes me feel like I need to play it this exact time. Exactly. Every, every transition has to be almost similar and, you know, maybe that was one of the reasons why I was like that. Or maybe it was just because I was doing those YouTube videos and I knew I had to preserve it and I had one chance. I had one take to do it. And um, I've kind of backed off of that just because it was uncomfortable. I said, you know, I like being uncomfortable a lot. Let me just do nothing, like completely patch from scratch and just roll on the video and see what happens. Like, you know, I think that's why I like about Instagram Live is that if even if you have an audience of, a dozen people watching you're playing in front of an audience and so you feel different about the performance like it's not just oh i can just hit stop and re-record you have people there that are actually enjoying it and so even if i'm recording something for my own good i still like to go on live because there's there's just something about having an audience that makes you play differently and you know that there is no starting over and i like doing that I like that. I haven't used uh, Instagram Live yet. I I'd like to try that. Um, but you just so you mentioned your your classical training and everything, and I, I that's something. That was one of the first questions that I, I really wanted to ask you. Um, once we got into it, was is how much does that inform the way you approach uh, patching now? Uh, I think it has a lot to do with it because I still have. I mean, I still have uh, the keyboards here, although I don't play them as much. But you know, one of the keyboard, one of the modules that I I like to have, it's massive. It's that uh, Sputnik modular keyboard. I saw that. I wanted to bring that up. I saw you playing that in one of the videos, and I've I've been eyeing that thing for a while. Yeah. Um, so that gives me it gives me the comfort of knowing there's a keyboard there that it's not in a smaller it's not a small version of it. I can really get around and play things just on the fly, or I could do it to arpeggiate which is what I end up doing a lot. 
and mm-hmm. uh, and I, to me, it's it's worth having 84 HP re- reserved for that because you have so much fluidity, and I'm able to take some of the things I've learned through music over the years between doing really big melodies with trumpet or just being able to go all over the place with the piano. And um, so I, I think I've been able to take a lot of those concepts and bringing them into modular. And it's been, I can't get away from it. You know, I really, the one thing though, I, I have condensed down and I probably one of my favorite modules is the um, Qubit Electronics Octone because uh-huh. it's, uh, it's in such a small space and it has eight different triggers that you can quantize so I end up using that as a keyboard quite a bit, and I'll do my melodies around those eight notes, and then I'll kick it, and I'll do it like in free form, and then I'll kick the uh, the clock in, and it'll do a sequence, and then I'll stop and do more melodic things with it. That's actually been my more recent way of having some sort of melodic piano feel, but in okay. a much smaller space. Okay, yeah. I'm kind of trying to get to that point with my pressure points, but I haven't had the time to to mess around with it. Um, but yeah, I, that's funny that you brought that up cause I was going to try and pick your brain for some, uh, for some tips and tricks, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a second, but I, I want to stay in this vein and, um, anybody who knows your YouTube channel and who is a fan of you listening, um, I think they would be pretty upset if I didn't bring it up and I hope you're not dreading it, but I'll, I think you know what I'm going to ask you. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell did you pull off that Game of Thrones theme song with a modular synth? That was that blew my mind out of my skull. And I, if you're listening, stop listening right now. Go to YouTube, and um, is it Patrick O'Brien or is it Pob on YouTube? You can look me up if you just type Pob. It's it's actually YouTube.com/slash O'Brien Media. It's my old handle. I I can't get it changed over. But if you just type Pob Game of Thrones modular your our game of thrones modular synthesizer you'll find it okay go do that right now listener and then come back okay listener welcome back so wasn't that amazing so <laughs> how, how the hell did you pull that off? and by the way that like that looks like that looks like you've got like 16 u there but it's probably just 12 but um it's 12 u and then i have a keyboard underneath it it's like an old uh it's like the mofo from dave smith just uh-huh. a single voice of a prophet. And so I was able to, uh, you know, mount it right under the key, right under the, the 12U so that it was just really convenient to play. I mean, that was before I got the, the keyboard from Sputnik, you know. So, uh-huh. um, you know, whether I used a module or I used that, that it was still just a MIDI, basically a MIDI trigger into, uh, into one of the oscillators. But, yeah, I, I thought, you know, it's a huge game of throwing. Game of Thrones fan. I thought I would give it a shot, and uh, and I just went for it. And I set it up before one of the seasons started. I was trying to do this whole big planned out thing, and because at the time everybody was like, "Hey, Game of Thrones and violin quartet, and Game of Thrones on pots and pans, and uh. you know, Game <laughs> of Thrones with recorders." I'm like, "All right, throw me in the mix. You know, maybe BuzzFeed will pick it up as one of the cool Game of Thrones uh, themes as the new season kicks off." And and I, I think a couple people picked it up. And yeah. yeah, I every year it just seems to always come back, and or every new season, I guess, with the show, it just t- it tends to come back, and I get a lot of views, and it's, it was a lot of fun to put together, even though it was kind of early in my modular journey. I'm still pretty proud of it. Oh man, that was uh, that's what I was I was gonna ask how long you've been doing it, um, 
But before we leave this subject, um, to I, I did want to say I, I'm I'm curious to see when this next season picks up if if you see a surge in like a a, a bigger than normal surge in in views just because of the the popularity of modular encroaching into you know almost mainstream like a sub mainstream layer of music currently so that'll that'll be interesting to see but i was also wanting to ask you um how long did that take to make uh well that was at the time that was all my gear was in that 12u and so uh yeah it probably took me i don't know probably it probably took me one weekend to do it right okay yeah okay yeah, that that tying in with your classical training, um, I was I was thinking about it today. I was like, well, what can I what can I ask Patrick? That would be like, I, I I'm I'm think I want to try to lean more towards like what what kind of what kind of wisdom can we can my like me and the listeners glean from the guests and with your melodic approach and after seeing that, it's like I feel like that's something a lot of people struggle with is actually creating um, a piece in a patch. That's not just something that just repeats itself. Um, so do you have any tips or tricks on how to approach like more musicality and maybe more like even verse chorus verse type stuff? I mean, not quite like that, but in that, in that vein. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I know that, you know, when I, when I put together a patch, I usually start with some sort of a sequence. That's my first thing. It's just get a sequence going eight steps, 16 steps, even four steps. Um, you know, once you have that established and you get that sound and everything kind of fills in around it, uh, one of the things that you'll notice in the Game of Thrones patch and pretty much everything I do now is I always use triggers for everything. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of a trigger happy freak, I guess, because <laughs> new, I, new meaning to that term. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, noise engineering gave me uh, a prototype of the Muta Jovis. It's like that four channel switcher. They uh -huh. gave that to me like three years ago, and that was probably one of the biggest game-changing modules. As small as, as it is and what limited function it might have when you think of all the other modules, just being able to turn off and on voices and create this, that helped kind of create the chorus and verses for me because I was able to instantly turn off different layers, and, and uh, that's really been the greatest part of my style, I think, is just being able to, to, uh, to just... Turn, I mean, not, not just turning off voices, but turning off CV within voices and, um, you know, and turning off attenuations and those types of things that really does change the sound completely whenever you, uh, whenever you take those in and out. And it just helps the flow of the song. I can turn, you know, I remember when Instagram went from 15 seconds to one minute and like, but I don't have a 16th second. How am I going to do a minute? <laughs> this is insane. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Am I going to loop it four times? You know? <laughs> and uh, and so from that, I'm like, well, let's take this as an opportunity to how do you expand on a 15-second patch? And I think the triggering with the sequencing together, I was able to come up with, um, you know, something that might end up being two or three minutes. And then I ended up taking a minute from that and putting it on Instagram. And, and now I sometimes I'll go 10 minutes on a patch just because of the way it evolves and because I'm just learning my skill set so much better. And I know... I know how I flow within my case. And so that's really just by stretching out a 15 second clip into a minute, then two minutes, then five minutes, then 10. Before you know it, I'm just throwing some, you know, 
one one take kind of thing on YouTube and seeing what sticks. And sometimes it turns out great. And sometimes you're like, eh, maybe I should listen to that in a couple of weeks and see what it sounds like. <laughs> so yeah, I would definitely say the triggers, starting with the sequencing, being able to use the triggers to go in and out of different patterns really is the, uh, it's, it's probably the, the core of, of where my style comes from. You, you seem to use a lot of noise engineering stuff and, um, what is it about their stuff that draws you in and what other manufacturers are kind of your jam? Sure. Well, it, uh, this year, actually, there, uh, this was something that I started this year that I didn't expect to be probably one of the greatest, um, learning lessons and ways to ramp up my skill set. And, uh, I started, um, working with them with their new modules and they liked my videos on Instagram. They liked the quality of it. And they liked that I took a lot of care into the lighting and that. So it's not just just a bunch of hands in a dark environment. I'm actually trying to put my, say, myself into the photo a little bit and trying to show, like if I'm really showing off a certain module, I like to zoom in on that and show the functionality of it. I just think it's a way of giving back to to the community out there. And so they're like, yeah, you want to take a stab at maybe doing a video for us or whatever. And so I'm like, sure, I'll give it a shot. And so that started this year and I've been pretty much helping them out doing module releases for all their videos this year. And the, uh, the Ataraxic was, the Ataraxic Ateritas was probably the most challenging because it's an oscillator. And I know there's a lot of people who have scrutiny when they're watching these types of videos and they want to know every single thing and they want it to be clean and they, they want to see it before they buy it. And so a lot of my contributions to these videos is I'm like, hey, guys, here's an awesome, here, here's an awesome module that I think you'll want. But I also want to show you a video manual of it so you know how everything does work. And then I throw in a jam at the end just, just so you can see how it all fits together. And so that formula has really been helpful for me because... I mean, Tim, how often do you really, really dig into a module? You know, most of my modules, I know uh -huh. 10% yeah. at best or 20. Yeah. So I know these things 100%. So now I'm, I'm doing some videos for these guys and they, and they seem to love them. And I get to know the module 100%. So of course, I'm, they're going to be my go-to modules when I perform just because I know them so well. And so it's, it's funny, this year, my style has really become a little more harsh a little uh -huh. more abrasive, <laughs> a little more uh, uh, just noisy. But I think I always wanted that. I just didn't have the right tools to, to come up with that sound. And so right now, I think between the melodic and the noise and, you know, I try to do some ambient and it's, it works, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it just depends on your mood, I guess. But this just really seems to, their, their modules seem to either they define my style for me or I just... They're just my go-to ones because I know them more than any, any other modules. And so I'm really happy to play them because they end up producing results that, that I know I couldn't get with any other. So noise engineering, I like Qubit Electronics stuff too. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, uh, they gave me the Nebulae and they renamed it P-O-B-U-L-A, which was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I love Wait, these uh, guys. Officially? Yeah. I'll oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, it says P O B U L A E. It's it's awesome. <laughs> I was I was so stoked when I opened that up. So those oh, guys have been amazing. really good, and you know, it's I played for them at the Nam shows, you know, at their booth, and 
they're really good guys too. So those two I probably are the closest to just because they're both here in LA. I really like their modules. Um, I, I try to play with them as much as I can just because I, you know, because they're uh, just so versatile and I, I like putting the two together. I, I seem to have found a good style with, with the mix of those. And the Erica Sense are really nice too. I like the Black Hole DSP. Um, you know, I, I like their Octosource. Those are really uh, pretty nice. The two HP ones are really good too, just because they fit those spaces when you need to squeeze in. Yeah. Like that, mm -hmm. you were talking about that 3U104 HP. Well, there's 14 modules in that thing, so I had to get some bus cables. <laughs> and But there's a couple 2HPs in there. It, it seemed to all still fit inside the Make Noise skiff. Uh, I was probably pushing the power a little bit, but um, it's nice when you can just have those two HP modules and, and it, it, it serves one function. It does it really well and you don't have to take up a whole lot of HP and you can save it for the bigger ones, um, you know, that you really, really want to play with. And so I, uh, so yeah, those are really my favorite. Nice. Yeah. I totally relate with the, the ones that you demo become the go-to because uh, I, I, I've had some sponsors for the show and, and I spend a lot of time trying to do my demos. I do it a lot differently than you because I don't, I'm not really technically minded and I don't, I like to just, what, what kind of noises can I make with it? Oh, I made this noise with it. Check it out. Well, in the yeah. anoraxic, I, I, what was interesting is I put this video together and I, I always do a little jam at the very end and the jam, I ended up putting together this really nice brassy sound from their Loquelica Teratas Presido, the LIP, mm -hmm. which wasn't even supposed to be featured. It's an Ataraxica Teratas demo but yet the LIP just stole the show. <laughs> and so it's just like, wow, people were just loving that. So sometimes it feels good to know that you can put a patch out there that even the people who build the modules are surprised with. You know, they're really like, we don't know. We, did, we had no idea that you can make those kind of sounds. And so being able to find something unique amongst all the modules and have a unique sound is really rewarding too. So I... Yeah, so I that's it's funny you mentioned Araxica Teratas and I always think of the Loquelic because it was such a big part of that patch. So, you know, they mm -hmm. were both featured in that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to do like a, a big roundup of different stuff because, you know, you have to have multiple modules to make a patch. So um yeah, I think that works. I also I wanna go back to one thing you just said and and uh I I probably don't need to qualify this, but because they have sponsored episodes, I do want to make it clear that this isn't like a sponsorship thing. Like I'm just a really big fan. Um, you said something about how like your your sound has got a lot a little harsher and stuff with uh, with noise engineering. And I have heard people say, oh, there's stuff you know, it's it's pretty harsh and it's not really. It doesn't have to be. And there's stuff so versatile. You can. I I kind of want to help dispel the myth of of noise engineering being like only for industrial or harsh stuff. Cause you can, you can get nice sounding stuff out of there, out of the basimilis and the ataraxic. That's what I have. And I can, I make some pretty nice, peaceful sound stuff with that. So it's just so tempting. There's one knob and you just go instant harsh. It's the <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I, I, yeah, for sure. It's just so, it does that so well that people just do it. And it sounds so good when they, when it is done that way, I would say that's where it shines the most, but it's not it's only you know it's not the only trick up their sleeves they're doing some really cool stuff over there so you do so you do modular on the spot stuff pretty regularly and play out in in la regularly or do you tour or anything like that yeah uh, since i mean i started when eric and banna started doing it 
I was out for their first show, and then I actually played on the second one, and I've done maybe four or five since then. And um, when they moved, when they moved to the East Coast, I, uh, me, and a couple of the, a few other guys, we kind of collaborated, and so we're actually running the modular on the spot here in Los Angeles. Okay. So cool. yeah, so we organized that, and I just love it. It's just so nice to go out into a park once a month and just see, you know, a hundred plus people just hanging out, bringing their kids and. Sometimes we have to fight with the bounce house that's right next to us. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, maybe we should bring the bounce house over here, and then it was going to get really weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, we, we love the location and uh, the people that come out and doing them on Sunday afternoons. Uh, it just, it's better for traffic. And um, I just, the, the community is so tight here. It's, I, I've never seen anything like it, and I'm really, I'm really happy to be a part of it. Yeah, that's the impression that I, I've gotten from just talking to people and, and Instagram and, and I feel like Portland's a little like that and I I'm Seattle is on its way. Um we we've we've got a a tiny but growing scene up here and uh yeah, I just I I love I love seeing all these modular on the spots popping up. So uh we all thank we all thank you guys for carrying these torches and keeping such a cool I don't know. I think it's definitely a flagship of our community. Um, it's a really cool thing that Eric and Vanna started that seems to be this like this weird glue. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. cool. I like to ask all my, my musician guests the difference between their approach to live and, um, and recording. But just from what I've gathered from our conversation, it sounds like they might be kind of one in the same, but am I wrong about that? Do you, do you sit down and think about things differently when you're either going to make a song or, or you're going to play a show? Uh, well, when I first started, I thought I was just going to do sound design. I'm like, why do I need a switcher? I can just, <laughs> you know, it makes no sense. And then you realize, oh, there are performance modules specifically. And then I started picking those up. Uh, you know, right now, I, I still just go stereo out. I don't. I tried multi-tracking one time for one song, and it just took forever. I'm like, man, I just it doesn't seem to have that stickiness like you get when you have everything coming out through the box itself. And so I got to figure it out. Maybe it's just more expensive audio interfaces, or just you know, it, that's that's one of the things that I am challenged with right now is that everything is just stereo out, and I. Just I don't really do any editing. I just kind of tighten it up a little bit, throw it into Final Cut Pro if I'm doing video, and that's it. So I don't have any difference between doing something for an album and doing something for Instagram and doing something for my own. And Although I, I do need to change that. I do need to focus. Maybe that's my next thing I can work on next year is how to, how to multi-track. Because if I end up putting together an official album or doing those types of things, which I hope I'm going to be doing in 2019... Um, mm. it might be best for the, you know, I listen to Nathan Moody and uh -huh. with you. Oh my gosh. It's just so much. I learned from Nathan. Yeah. He's, he's a real gem of our community. He's yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to drive up to San Francisco and, you know, pick his brain. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. So that was so informative for me that I need to think of my approach and, and understand how to get past this challenge. You know, I've, I've been in my outside my comfort zone. The moments that I've been outside my comfort comfort zone have been really great payoffs. So why not take that step too and figure out how to multi-track and do it the right way? So, it, yeah. You know. Well, so I, I, I'm definitely not, uh, 
as as uh, knowledgeable as, as Nathan, and he did offer some really great suggestions. But what I have been doing, I, I I'm I'm going to just name it right now is just like I'll call it the somewhat multi tracking um, approach. I have I have three uh, AI mixers, which are three channels. Um, so I kind of try to put um, you know things that could belong on one track that I could EQ nicely together in in into one of the mixers and then out all of those mixers into a different channel on my interface so i end up with with nine sound sources but three tracks and that that seems to give me a little bit of of freedom with mixing um and just volume levels of different parts um but also kind of still have everything coming out of the speakers at once and still being able to like perform it all as a piece and, and jam on it. So, but it, that's, that's some, that's some real estate. Luckily the, uh, the AI, excuse me, the AI, uh, the 002 mixer are, they're pretty, they're pretty small. So, um, yeah, there's a million ways to do it. <laughs> Cause I've got, I probably have 11 or 12 albums worth of stuff and I just haven't been able to cut it up and put it out there. So Tim, you've actually inspired me because I put a couple tracks on Bandcamp like over the past couple of days. I'm like, you know what? I just want to have some stuff out there for the podcast. And I just awesome. want to get into this. I want to get into this. That's my, I'm already telling you now, like 2019 New Year's resolutions is to get more tracks out because, well, here's the thing. It went back a couple of years ago. I was at a party and, um, and it was a modular with a bunch of modular sense people. It was like a birthday party. And on the party, they were playing music from everybody that was at the party. I'm like, this is great. You're like, oh, I'm, cool. You know, I'm, I'm talking to this guy and I can, all of a sudden I hear the music in the background. I'm like, that's great. And I was just, I, I had no musical presence. I had nothing, I had nothing out there. And I'm like, man, this sucks. I, I can't even just have my music in the background. So from that moment, I'm like, that's it. I've got to get some tracks out. I've got to get, get some uh, awareness out there. And I've got, I just got to take the time to do it. I think we just get in the, in, into the recording and we fill up hard drives. But what good is that if it's not really being put out there for Bandcamp or YouTube? I mean, the YouTube thing, at least I have... I, I've kind of trained myself to put stuff out there, which I really do like. But when it comes mm -hmm. to putting things on Spotify and Amazon Music, and I uh, I, I fail at that, and so that's going to be my big my big leap for next year, so that it can just lead to bigger and better things. But if I don't have anything out there, what what good is it? You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that I, I inspired you to do that because I, I went actually went on your Bandcamp today and I was like, oh wow, the two new songs this month. Oh wait, it's the fourth. Oh cool, he's he's uploaded some stuff and and it's really great. It's really really great stuff. Um, oh, thank you. And yeah, the way you can pull off melodic stuff with uh, the way you you add, you do really you really nice stuff with beats and melody. Um, just yeah, really pleasing stuff. So listener, go check that out for sure. And um, before we get to the patch challenge, we got a few more minutes. I want to talk about uh, the patch CV film. Uh, the that uh, I guess soundtrack volume one. Uh, just is just coming out and uh, and the movie just came out and you're you're featured on that um, what was that experience like being part of that That's, that looks like such a cool uh, project and it it looks so good and sounds so good and just they're really doing it right so yeah I was so fortunate just just to be 
part of that and to have the film crew here in my my house here in Encino, California and just just watching them lay out all of the equipment and set things up and I was just so happy to to be a part of it and the way they they lit the room and asked the really simple questions and I was able to tell a really good story that I'll save for the uh for the film but it, a lot of it has to do with um, you know, some more inspiration behind my modular synth um, passion that, um, mm -hmm. you know, my wife m moving to Tampa was, was the first thing that kicked it off. But then there were some other things that happened, which I'm hoping that the film will cover because I know we talked a lot about that. And so just being able to tell a really genuine, heartfelt story about why I'm doing what I'm doing was really... Uh, it was really great to have it on tape and have it have it preserved and then be able to tell the stories. And I'm really curious to see how they mix everything together with the other artists and manufacturers. And uh, I just had a blast. It was so much fun. And what a great... Uh, I, I hope this is the beginning of, of many other things that these guys put out. And mm -hmm. um, it, it, I, I just feel so blessed to be a part of it and to be on the first uh, season. And to have this album that I'm actually holding in my hands with my name on it. <laughs> That's, That's so cool. cool. Yeah. And yeah, congrats, man. Yeah, thanks. And, and my wife is a, she started picking up vinyl right now. Uh, this year, she's really been heavy into buying a ton of vinyl, mostly Elton John, but, you know, there's some <laughs> other things too. And uh, so when she got that, it was really cool to see her holding an album that I had my music on it. And uh, being able to share that with family was really cool. So I'm like, Yes. Yes, that is awesome. So cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Well, that that was an excellent, uh, excellent teaser plug. Um, now you made me want to watch it more. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm getting my copies on the way, and uh, I'm going to talk to them. Uh, I think next week. I think we got through everything I wanted to ask you, and we are getting about to be about that time. Are, are is there anything else you you want to add? Um, before we get your uh, your adjective and noun. No, I, you know, I'm really glad you're doing the podcast. Uh, this has Thank been you. so much fun just learning, even, even people that I know, uh, just learning their backstory a little bit and just giving them the time to tell the story is, um, it's just really informative. So thank you for doing what you do. And I look forward to more shows and, uh, I'm just, you know, I, I want to let everyone know that, uh, this podcast is out there and it's just really, a, it's a great supplement to anything else you're doing. And I think that you, they will have some really big takeaways from it with every person. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm glad to be a part of it and thank you for uh, putting me on. Well, I appreciate you saying that it means a lot and it, and it has been a lot of fun and I, I'm, I'm right there with you because I'm, you know, I'm, I get to hear these people talking to me all the time and yeah, I've learned so much. Um, so yeah, I'm just grateful for, to have, to be able to have people like you and like we mentioned Shiro and Nathan on the show and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start getting all uh, sentimental about how much I love the scene. But I think everybody knows that. All right, well let's let's get into this. I got some, I got some words for you already. And okay, your, ad your adjective is primitive. Primitive. And, and your noun is engineer. Hmm. All right, we're going to take a little break, and I'm going to uh, show you a fun little feature about the angle grinder from Schlappy Engineering. Um, I'm going to be using the uh, the grind input section to pass a uh, an audio signal from a, a sampler, and 
then it's going to show you what kind of fun stuff that you can do with that. So let's just listen to what's happening with the angle grinder right now. It's got a simple sequence running into it. And then um, this is on the grind output, which have some uh, kind of wave shaping uh, sliders that all have CV that go in. So let's send some CV into those. It's from Maths Channel 1 and 4. So that's fun. And then here is what the, um, the sample sounds like when I just bring it in, um, not through the angle grinder, but just straight into the mixer. I'm using the uh, 8x system wave player 101, if you're wondering. And this, uh, this sample is probably made by Greg Markle from Recovery Effects because I just got the sampler from him yesterday. So thanks for the sample, Greg. Um, but let's turn the CV down on the maths going into the angle grinder. And let's just plug this output from the, uh, the ADAC into the grind input. So now that's going in through the, uh, the angle grinder, which this sounds kind of like it just did a minute ago when we lost our, uh, we lost our, our sequence from the angle grinder, but let's turn this CV back up that's going into the, uh, the wave shaping CV inputs. I'm going to go from uh, on the grind spin knob from oscillating to the filter. And the damping from oscillator to filter knob as well. So you can hear we lost our sequence and now it's acting more of like a, a weird, I don't know, effect, I guess. Let's turn this back to oscillating. Yeah, that's just uh, one really fun thing you can do with the angle grinder. So go to schlappyengineering.com to learn more. Are you ready? Hey! Man, that was fast! Dude, how do people do this? <laughs> it's hard. It's harder than you'd think, isn't it? <laughs> well, uh, primitive engineer, okay. I, I just, I, I, love to, I love to hear uh, just everyone's experience going into the 15-minute uh, time limit. So what, 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 what did that, that time on the clock do to your brain? <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, the first thing I thought of, and I'm just going to go with it because I don't have time, you know, I didn't have time, but um, primitive engineer, I just thought of like a caveman, like staring at the night sky, trying to find like inspiration for the wheel because it's, uh. you know, he's one of the first. And so uh. it's a bit scary to do uh -huh. such a job that no one's done before. Um, so hopefully with my trigger freakiness, I can be able to... <laughs> tell the story of his little quest to build, build, build. I thought, well, I mean, I like, I have a Kimi's Tyco here. Maybe they can do little hammers. Um, 
I had the scan from Qubit Electronics to do kind of a little pulsing drony kind of thing. Uh, of course, the Octone I have in here for my sequencing. Okay, I think I can put it all together. <laughs> <laughs> Just think of a little caveman just being like, I'm going to create the wheel. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah it's, yeah, it's funny you said like, uh, you know, with, with a timer, it's kind of like, it, it, it kind of reinforces like the, uh, I think this is kind of like a comedic thing, but like uh, first thought, best thought, you know, just just go with it. Um, yeah. That's 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 what I've done. I've I've tried a number of these, and I try to encourage the listener to go on um, Facebook. I have a patch challenge Facebook group, and then um, a hashtag on Instagram for PodMod Patch Challenge for for people to try or for, try them from the each episode. and And I try to do it when I have time, and I would say like ninety percent of the time I don't like what I have, but I'll get six minutes in and it's like, well, I can start over. I can try to make this work. And I always just try to make it work. Um, but it, it has sharpened my skills a little bit. So. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's almost like patching on the fly and just going with the flow. I mean, it's, it's definitely out of my wheelhouse a little bit, but, um, I went to my, I just went to the things that I know how to do best. And I just went with that to try to mm -hmm. come up with something because I'm, this is not my time to do something out of the norm. <laughs> Give me 30 minutes maybe, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like 15 minutes is just enough time to get something out, but not enough to uh, give you any luxury of, of, uh, of choice. I don't know. It's, 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 I think it's pretty fun. So, yeah. um, when I first started the show, I didn't have the time limit. And then after the first three episodes that I recorded, uh, the, the building of the patch became longer than the actual conversation. So I was just like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't do three hours every time I try to do an episode. Wow. <laughs> but I think it became more fun that way. Sure. Um, so you feel pretty good about it? Yeah. I'm going to kind of, uh, start with something and put in some things as I go and hopefully, I can layer some really cool things and uh, maybe we'll end up with a nice looking wheel at the end.
turned out great thanks yeah, i might actually um, use that uh i might use that for one of the demos i'm doing uh it's just such a good patch i might just hold on to it and hell yeah, yeah. maybe I i'll put that. it out uh for something that the people can see forever so where can we direct people to to find things all all things pob sure uh instagram is Probably my my first place, uh, Instagram.com slash P-O-B Energy, which um, it's kind of funny how I went with that name because I <laughs> I uh, went to a gym way, way back in St. Louis. It was called Energy Fitness. And uh-huh. I thought, if I put energy in my Gmail, like in my actual mail, then that'll inspire me to go to the gym. <laughs> and... Here I am. Nope. <laughs> but I had the but I had the email address. I'm like, well, I'll just use that for my for my name. What? Why not? You know, it's energy. You can kind of read into it as energy. Uh, you know, the module is energy, and and I'm mm-hmm. P O B. Everybody called me P O B forever, so I wanted to keep that. But 
I had to find something else to go with it because you can't just get POB. Yeah. <laughs> there's so many versions of it, you know, post yeah. office box, and there's something about boxing in there. I'm like, you know, it's, <laughs> I can't own that name. I should have come up with something stranger, but oh well. Yeah, well, I, all I have is my name, so I, I, I've never been good with the moniker thing. Um, yeah, same here. And then pobenergy.bandcamp.com. Yes, and uh, my YouTube channel, it's still a slash O'Brien Media. That used to be my old handle back in the day, and it just sounded too corporate-y, so I relaxed it a little bit. But uh, youtube.com slash O'Brien Media, and you know that, that's kind of where I put all my... my uh, big productions as far as the video to go with the audio and you know that's kind of where i i like to use that as a document of everything that's going on with modular so you'll find some hidden nuggets there too i'll just throw things up randomly but right on well thank you so much i really appreciate you taking your time and uh yeah i can't wait to to get my patch cv record and and, and jam your track here yeah i I listened to it from beginning to end because i wanted to hear just how the tracks laid out to see what kind of story i really encourage people to do that you know with my wife doing vinyl now we listen to whole albums and it's such it's such a lost art just to be able to put a track down and our whole side and just listen Mm -hmm. to the story through multiple songs it's really you know it's worth spending the time and setting the lighting and and giving yourself that moment to really listen to not just one track, but how it fits into all the others. So I, you know, I, I, I was always wondering how they're going to lay that all in and it just seemed to be a perfect match. So I'm really excited to be with the other artists and I'm excited to be in that place in the album. And I encourage anybody buying it to, to give it a whirl from beginning to end because it's worth it. All right, I want to thank Patrick for being a guest on the show. That was a lot of fun. Uh, don't forget to check out the Patch CV film and vinyl and tape and the digital. Um, and uh, pobenergy.bandcamp.com. Uh, like I said, Patrick's been releasing a, uh, some new stuff over the last few weeks, and it's all really, really uh, awesome modular music. And his uh, YouTube channel is also something we've mentioned quite a few times, so please check all that out. Um, If you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. I have such a hard time saying that. And uh, don't forget to check out livestockelectronics.com, schlappyengineering.com, recoveryeffects.com, aisynthesis.com. Until next week. Oh, and send me your Christmas songs soon. Until next week.